Welcome to Mindful Traveler, the podcast that helps you better understand yourself and the world through mindfulness techniques and world exploration. I'm your host, Robert McKay, and I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey. Alright, so today I'm going to start off with our um, mindfulness segment, and today I want to talk to you about joy. It's not something that is a frequent topic of conversation, really, in the world. We talk about pain a lot, and sadness, and all these things that we've come to label as negative emotions, but we don't really talk about being happy other than, yeah, I, you know, enjoy my life, and nobody really talks about how to really get to that feeling. Um, I took part in... um, a shared meditation uh, was called an authentic relating circle. Um, one of the people there, they were talking about, you know, those negative emotions and, you know, sadness and pain. And it became obvious that, you know, we talk about those things a lot and in songs and poems and we write about them and discuss them all the time and we seem to put more we put more emphasis on them being important than we do on like on joy like it's somehow more worthy to feel pain than it is to be happy um but that's really kind of I don't know, it's kind of a weird way to feel in my mind because, I mean, who wants to feel pain? Nobody. But, I mean, everybody does, so it is, you know, a universal quality. But pain is easy. Pain just happens. There, There's no way to stop it from happening to you. There are better ways to recover from it, which is something that mindfulness is really helpful for. But we don't ever talk about how to really seek joy and how hard it is. It can be really, really difficult. And some people, maybe it just happens for them, I guess, if they have the right number of circumstances in their life, it just happens. But for the most of us, like we, we talk about happiness, like it's the default, like it's just going to come to you when you can eliminate all the pain and suffering from your life, then, then you'll be happy. But that's not the way it works. (laughs) Joy and happiness aren't just the absence of sadness or pain it's something you have to really work for and it's something i haven't been very good at working for in my life life that's just just free from sadness and or for the most part free from sadness isn't joyful it's just mediocre and it's what is brought on by, you know, living in your comfort zone for 
your whole life as much as you can because you strive to eliminate those experiences from your life that cause you tension or stress because you don't know how to deal with those things. So it's easier just to avoid them. And especially when you're living uh, a stationary life in one spot, it's really easy to just cut out all those things that would cause you trouble or stress on a regular basis. So your comfort zone becomes your whole life. You never leave it unless it's for some unforeseen, you know, event that you have to get out of it and then you go through that event as quickly as possible and run right back to your comfort zone because that's the only place that you feel safe anymore because you haven't practiced. And when I say comfort zone, you might be thinking, I don't know, depending on who you are, you might be thinking, you know, somebody that just stays in their apartment all the time or what have you, but that's not really the case. Like, your whole life can be your comfort zone. You go to the grocery store, you know how that all works. You go to the same restaurants, order the same food. And I think a lot of that is what really bothers me when I return back to the United States. I've gone back a couple of times in the past two years. And every time I get struck by how simple everything is for me. I know exactly how things are going to work. I know, you know, what the waiter is going to ask, what what's going to happen, even in a restaurant that I've never been to before, because everything has been streamlined in the United States to make everything as simple as possible and provide that supposedly good customer experience. But really, it's just kind of mediocre, because everything is exactly the same. And that's one of the great things about traveling, is that nothing is ever really the same. <laughs> um, you, just by going a couple of blocks away from where you're staying, go to a whole different neighborhood and have a whole different dining experience or a whole different experience just walking down the street. And that's the interesting thing about comfort zones is that the more like being comfortable is you know it's just easy and the more you get out of your comfort zone the easier it is to do it's something that it seems kind of counterintuitive like you're just going to be more uncomfortable the more you get out of your comfort zone but basically that's how your comfort zone expands that first time that you go to a meetup or a new restaurant or a new, you know, I don't know, any sort of group event or activity, it's always uncomfortable. And that gradually, if you keep repeating the experience, it becomes comfortable and becomes part of your comfort zone. Something that you can do without feeling stressed and then it becomes kind of, you know, routine and you're no longer growing as a person if all you do is keep doing those things. And bringing it back to joy, 
joy is rarely something you find in your comfort zone. Unless you actively seek out something and keep doing it until it becomes part of your comfort zone. But So you can find joy in your comfort zone, but finding new... You, it tends to lose its shine after a while. So you need to seek out new experiences. And it's something I've been really bad at. I decide that because something is new, I'm not going to like it. And I would find all kinds of reasons that it's going to be uncomfortable and I should just avoid it. So I do for the most part. Or at least I did. Um, I still fight the urge today. So it was really, really tough to keep pushing through and feeling uncomfortable all the time until just doing new things didn't seem as bad anymore. It started being easy to say yes instead of constantly saying no whenever somebody invites you to do something new or strange because you feel like it's going to be not worth your time. Well, I mean, it's a coin toss. It may not be worth your time. It might not be something you want to do again. But it could be something that becomes your new favorite experience, and you repeat it over and over and over again. Or maybe it was just one thing that, while it wasn't the most amazing thing that you'd want to do forever and ever, just that one time, it was still worth it. I went to a restaurant here in Kuala Lumpur with a friend. We were walking down the street and we saw it. And it was a Filipino restaurant and something that we hadn't seen around here before. So we decided to come back because they were closing. So we came back a couple days later. And we walked in. And it was very loud, loud, loud music playing. So I kind of wanted to just talk with my friend and have a nice dinner. So immediately I was thinking maybe we should just leave. But I decided I wanted to try the new food. So I sat down. I started leafing through the menu and things look kind of expensive for Malaysia, which to say it's not really expensive for most of the world, but hey, I'm trying to save money. So the music's loud, the food looks expensive, so I'm about ready to leave. But then my friend realizes that the music we're hearing is actually karaoke. And he loves him some karaoke. I'm not the hugest fan, but I find it amusing. So we decide to stay. And we find some cheaper items farther into the menu. And we order our food. And of course, my friend Sam, he decides he wants to sing a song. So he signs up. And it takes forever for them to get to his song. But when it comes on, the he starts singing. And people get up and dance with him. And it's a great time. And a couple songs later we get invited over to a table full of a whole family of Filipino people and they're giving us free drinks and free food 
And I'm, I feel kind of uncomfortable because they don't speak the greatest English and I don't really drink. Like they were mostly drinking beer and I generally find it nasty. So I kept refusing and they kept making this like, you know, really upset face when I would refuse. So finally I said yes. And I took their beer and we're doing, you know, holding up our glasses and saying cheers every five seconds, it seems like. Um, but we kept singing, we kept talking, I kept talking to them about their lives and it was, we found out, you know, that this was like a birthday celebration for two siblings and all kinds of fun stuff just to talk and sing and enjoy food and drinks with new random people that I'll probably never see again. But, and you know, I wouldn't just keep going there for the experience, but I definitely don't want to lose that experience. It was, it was amazing. I can tell people that I just randomly stumbled into a Filipino karaoke restaurant in Malaysia. When I told other people, apparently, you know, karaoke is like the national sport of the Philippines. So I should have expected that there'd be karaoke in the restaurant, but now I know that. So it's, and it was one of the most like joyful experiences I've had since I got to Kuala Lumpur. And I wouldn't have had it if I would have just followed my instincts to stay in my comfort zone and say no and go find, you know, an experience that I was more comfortable and familiar with. And ever since then, I've been trying to say yes more. People want you to come to their party. I'm not super comfortable around a ton of drunk people, but I'm with my friends, so I go. And I end up having a good time anyway. And it's really easy for me to, to say no just because I have this initial feeling, you know, that it's going to be something I won't enjoy. And I'm almost always wrong, <laughs> especially when I'm hanging out with friends. Like, just go and do it. And if it turns out to be crap, then don't do it again. But if it's something you haven't done before, why not give it a try? Because without trying new things, it's very unlikely that you're just going to stumble into joy. So I think that's where I'm going to leave that segment for today. But definitely just keep trying new things. Keep seeking joy. Don't, don't hide in mediocrity in your comfort zone. Because... That's not where all the good stuff is. You can bring good things in and make them comfortable, but always be seeking something a little bit more. All right, and now on to our travel segment for this podcast. Uh, today I want to talk about the different types of travel, be it solo, group, or a couple. My trip here to Kuala Lumpur is my first experience as a solo traveler. And it's been really eye-opening. It was terrifying to begin with. I've 
always been traveling with my wife and we rely on each other. We each have our own strengths. We know what they are and it makes things more comfortable. <laughs> but I found that I had this really extreme like sense of pride in myself for getting it done on my own and just knowing that I'm able to do it. And then that was just the trip here. And then once I got here, it's I'm living so differently to what I'm used to. I'm staying in a hostel. I'm actually working as a volunteer at the reception desk. And I'm keeping strange hours, hanging out with all kinds of different people that I would probably never meet in a normal life in the United States. And it's so interesting to be doing all of this without consulting my wife about what I'm doing at any given moment because that's what you do when you're in a couple. You, you know, you're courteous and you let them know what you're going to do and you give, you know, priority to making sure that they're, you're not going to interrupt their plans and that sort of thing. But when you're solo, you can just do whatever and you're not going to bother anybody because you don't have anybody else to worry about. So it's a really interesting experience that I've never really had before. I've never really had that kind of freedom in a travel, like in a traveling setting. I mean, I haven't even been single for very much time in my life. So traveling solo is something I definitely recommend. Even the most dedicated, you know, married person in the world, even more to them because you learn more about who you are and what your priorities are and more about what you value in your relationship just from being isolated from that person. And I recommend, like, if you go travel solo, try to travel for a while without too much communication with your significant other because you'll rely on that and then you won't feel that aloneness that uh, helps you to more reach out to other people. It's really a really powerful experience and it's really helped me to learn a lot about myself. But there is a lot of a lot of um really good stuff that comes from traveling with your husband, your wife, your significant other. Because if things are going well, you you push each other. Like like I was talking about with the whole comfort zone thing. My wife will help me, you know, keep you know, keep pushing and keep expanding my comfort zone because she knows that I have a tendency to, to stay in it as much as possible. Um, but I'm actually finding, like, being solo, I'm learning how to do that myself and push myself toward it. But, I don't know. It's It's a very, very different experience. And then there's group travel as well where you're traveling with a bunch of friends. Um, I haven't done that yet, but I've seen groups of people 
that have formed on the road and they just keep traveling together for as long as they're able to and it's an interesting dynamic it's something that everybody brings a little something new to the party and you're doing so many different things that I don't know everybody brings like I said a new level of enjoyment and it's a great way to learn about yourself and make friends that will last for your life it's it was a really interesting group of people I saw that they had all just met online you know on at a, like hostels while traveling and they decided to meet up in Kuala Lumpur with another person that two of the people from the group apparently knew and were planning to meet up with and didn't realize. So yeah, it's... And it, it'll help you get out and do more things because everybody's contributing a little something new that they wanted to go. And yeah, I would definitely like to, you know, make a good solid group of friends or find a group of people and go traveling with them as well to experience that other other side of travel that's a little less in your control because like you're not making all the decisions no one is making all the decisions so you go from the absolute control of traveling solo to the shared control of of couple travel and then to the complete lack of control really with a group travel. I mean, everybody tries to put in some input, but it's never really one person's idea. So it's, I don't know, it's all very different. And I think everybody should try every type of travel because there's so many different things that you learn. And Definitely, like I was talking about in one of the previous podcasts, try hostels, try hotels, try Airbnbs, couch surfing. Do couch surfing. If you don't know what that is, go to couchsurfing, I think it's .org. Um, just Google it. Um, and definitely give it a try. You'll meet random weird new people. You can stay in places for free. Basically, it's a social app where... You can go and stand people's couch for a few days for free and exchange, you know, culture. You, They'll show you around their place where they live and you can talk to them. They might want to learn English or your language, whatever you speak. Or you can cook them a meal or show them a new recipe. Whatever you have to offer. It's about cultural exchange. Um, but there's... There's not just one way to travel. People in the United States especially get it in their head that the only way to leave the United States is to go to some fancy resort on a beach somewhere. And that's basically all about staying in your comfort zone and not seeing any experience that's different to what you're used to because you have a limited amount of time and you don't want to waste it. And that idea of wasting time is so dangerous because all that tells you is stay in your comfort zone, stay in your comfort zone. 
You don't want to waste time, so do this thing that you already know how it works because you only have so much time off and if you waste it, it's gone forever. But you only have so much time. If you waste it, it's gone forever. Do you want to spend that time just sitting and doing the same sort of things that you know are generally good, but they're not great? So definitely try different modes of travel, buses, planes, trains, everything new, because you never know what you're really going to enjoy. Sometimes the best experiences are the weirdest ones. Like when I went to Mexico, I, I was expecting, you know, I, I flew into a city that I hadn't planned to go to because I got a cheap flight. And I knew that there were cheap buses to go to the city I originally planned to go to. But it was Mexico, so I figured it's going to be this rickety old chicken bus. No air conditioning, no anything. And I get there, and like I had kind of an idea that it was going to be nicer than that. But when we get there and get on the bus, it's like flying first class, like... The seats are big, you can put up your feet, you have room to put up your feet, there are TV screens, the air conditioning is great, there's a bathroom on the bus, There's a, I think there was even a coffee machine, and it was cheap and amazing, and I never really would have thought I would enjoy travel by bus, but if I go back to Mexico, that's how I want to get around, because it's cheap, and it was relaxing, it was nice. But if I would have just listened to my own negative thoughts and my comfort zone, I probably would have tried to catch a flight, spent a whole bunch more money, and not had that experience. So, yeah, this this segment kind of veered a little bit off, but I think it's all about trying new things, honestly. It's what we, most of us at least, I think, try to travel for but we still end up trying to make everything as simple and easy as possible. And easy is not always better. It's just not. It, you'd think that if something is easier, you're going to have more fun because you don't have to worry. But sometimes, a lot of the times, it's just a recipe for mediocrity. And... Who wants to be able to go to their grave and say, yeah, I did a lot of things and they were okay. So I think that's where I'm going to end this week's podcast. Thank you all for listening. And if you have something you want to say back to me, uh, check on mindful-traveler.com. I'll post my podcast there. And you can leave comments or questions. Uh, if you're using the Anchor app, you can also leave me a message that I'd be happy to reply to, an audio message. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for listening and have a great week.